Dear Writer, Week 2 Independence Day, July 5th, 2021 Dear Writer, Not gonna do it? Not gonna do it? Not gonna do it? Ah, who am I kidding? We both know I'm gonna do it. Insert, today we celebrate our Independence Day gift with Bill Pullman from the movie Independence Day. In America, we celebrated Independence Day yesterday, and we've got a lot of reckoning to do with everything we have been since way before our much-celebrated independence, but I don't want to talk about that because that's not what we're here for. We're here to write. But independence is a good theme for writers because sometimes we can be a little dependent on the things we think we need, which we don't, the most important of which is that little super critical internal voice constantly telling us that nothing we do is ever good enough. How about today we declare independence from that? Because we think that we need that critical voice or everything we ever do will be bad, bad, bad. But A, that's not true. And B, let's maybe put the laser of our critical eye to that idea for a hot moment. Why is it your job to be so goddamn exceptional all the time? Why do you always have to be the best or it's not good enough? There is a lot of daylight between those two ideas, love, and it is fun daylight. You will be shocked how fun it is. So today, how about you declare your independence of the requirement that you always be excellent at everything? Allow yourself to live in the vulnerability of not doing everything so fucking great all the time. And then take a moment of silence to sit with that idea and see how it feels. Does it feel as liberating to you as it does to me? Footnote, terrifying and liberating are not mutually exclusive. I bet it does. Everything L. Everything. July 6, 2021. Dear writer, I have a problem with letter closings. They're essentially disingenuous, at least to me. Yours always. First, don't give away possession of yourself to anyone ever, even insincerely, and always is a really long time. Be very, very sparing with your alwayses. Sincerely. I should hope so. Also, sounds cold. Best. Oh, please. Best is the bless your heart of correspondence. It's what you say when you don't care enough to say, now off you fuck. So as I was pondering the sign off for these letters to you, I thought about one of my go-to lines about storytelling. Story is power, and we don't leave power on the table. I like that. It's true and catchy. Awesome. But then when I was thinking about these letters, I thought, don't leave power on the table. Don't leave anything on the table. For decades, I've been doing 12 things at a time, all of them half-assed. It started when the kids were small and just snowballed from there because there was never enough time or enough energy or enough money. I had to do 12 things at once because one at once just wouldn't cut it. Except writing. When I write, I am whole-assed, to extend an awkward metaphor. I am focused. During those times, all the shattered and scattered parts of me pull together and live in the act of writing. Even when I'm writing crap. I leave nothing on the table. I write with everything L. Craft versus Magic, July 7th, 2021. Dear writer, I'm going through Neil Gaiman's storytelling masterclass. Footnote. 
I'm not getting a cut or anything. I just love it. Again, right now, and I have to say, I am loving it. Again. I teach narrative theory, the nuts and bolts of story, the how-to and the when-to and the why-to. I'm hip deep in my book on it right now, and it's good stuff. I know the value of what I do. But the thing about the craft is that it's so easy to focus on the craft and lose the magic, the wonder and the mystery and the things that shouldn't work, but they will if we can just as writers learn to trust the magic and balance it with the craft side of things. Magic is impossible to teach, really, because your magic is different from my magic, and only you can know what your magic is. Only you know when you need craft to save it and when you need craft to get out of its way. I teach craft and try to encourage magic. And there's no better way to encourage magic than Neil's masterclass, which makes me feel almost giggly with excitement when I revisit it. Highly recommended. Everything L. Smart, July 8th, 2021. Dear writer, in this week's episode of Endless, the Sandman podcast I do with writer and DC Comics editor Elisa Quitney, Quits lit up my brain in the middle of the podcast when she quoted Neil Gaiman as saying, the smarter you think your audience is, the smarter they'll think you are. Writer, I love this. It not just elevates our readers who deserve it after decades of being constantly maligned and underestimated by the lowest common denominator theory of entertainment, but it also liberates us as writers. We don't need to explain everything. As a matter of fact, we should explain as little as possible. Footnote, don't worry, your beta readers will tell you if something needs clarifying. As Gaiman says, according to Quits, let the reader make the connection. Not only does it start your relationship with your reader off on a solid footing, it makes your reader your partner, not your charge. You are in this together. Everything L. Today's job. July 9th, 2021. Dear writer, when I read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic for my podcast, Big Strong Yes, I got a lot of valuable creative advice from it. But if I had to pick the one most powerful thing that I took home from reading that book, it would have to be that a writer or any creative person really only has one job. And that is to show up. Same time, every day, even if it's just 20 minutes, all you have to do is show up. If you write, great. If you don't, fine. What's important is that you just don't do anything else. And how hard is it to do nothing for 20 minutes? Not hard at all. And when that 20 minutes is over, you know you did your job. You showed up. Eventually, you will write during that time. Eventually, you'll fly through the 20 minutes and look up at the clock and realize two hours have gone by and you've written 1,100 words. Waiting around for inspiration isn't going to cut it. We all know that. But that doesn't mean you have to work without inspiration. If you make sure that inspiration knows where and when to find you, it will find you. It might take a few days, but it will find you. So pick your time and your place now. That's today's job. And tomorrow and the day after that, your job is to show up. It works, I promise. Everything L. What's your favorite part? July 10th, 2021. Dear writer, 
If you've listened to my podcasts, you may know my what's your favorite part story. Basically, it boils down to my eldest at 12 asking me to read a story. And when I started giving critical feedback, she simply said, no, I just want to know your favorite part. For many reasons, I found this to be a brilliant response, and ever since, I've used the favorite part question at the end of every podcast. I ask it when I'm interviewing someone, or sometimes just when conversation lags. What's your favorite part is truly a magic question. Then, last week, when I wasn't sure about how I was going to get back into reading again, writer Melissa commented on the Dear Writer website and told me that she got back into reading by picking up her favorite books and reading only her favorite part, then moving on to the next one. It was an easy way to get back into the habit, and then once the habit was formed, it was easier to read other things. Writer, I am telling you, my whole brain lit up. Such brilliant advice, and it's working. I'm pulling out my favorite quotes from my favorite scenes and my favorite books as I go, and it's just been so much fun. One of the books I'm going back to is The Last Smile in Center City by Luke Arnold, a favorite fantasy slash detective novel in which the world building is so intricate and beautiful that I always find myself excited when I start reading it. I'm also going to hit up the you must allow to tell me how ardently I admire and love you scene from Pride and Prejudice, Claire and Jamie at the Stone Circle from Outlander, and he loves you all he can, but he can't love you very much from Jennifer Cruzy and Bob Mayer's Wild Ride, which honestly might be my favorite Cruzy novel. Just the idea of reading all of this makes me excited, and I'm so grateful for the brilliant suggestion from Melissa. The more I read, the more inspired I get to write, but I have to say, I'm more than a little nervous about doing NaNo again this year. Writer, I haven't written for real in so long, and I'm not sure what to write. I don't think I'm a romance writer anymore, or at least not the way I was. As you can tell by my favorite scenes above, I'm still drawn to love stories, which are different from romances. Love stories are just about two people who love each other. Whether that's romantic love or not is really immaterial. I love Xerophel and Crowley's story in Good Omens, although I think there's an argument to be made that this is romantic. I love Paula and Rebecca's love story in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Meredith and Christina's love story in Grey's Anatomy, and I think I may want to write darker than I have in the past. Still funny, but dark, with a love story. Aside from that, I have no idea what I'm going to do. But first things first, reading. Reading is the gateway to writing. If you came to me and asked, I can't get started writing, I would tell you to read. So here I am, taking my own advice, and writer Melissa's. Everything, Al.